The British Armed Forces are considered to be some of the most highly trained and one of the most professional fighting forces in the world. It has a proven track record, a history of performing, often against the odds and achieving the mission. Throughout history, its greatest achievements have been as a direct result of a clearly thought out and exercised strategy, applied with the absolute resolve that there was no plan B, no second chance. It was dive in, sink or swim, we're going to succeed. In today's episode, I'm going to talk all about the importance of clear objectives. So, you're a business owner dedicated to the significant and sustainable growth of both you and your business. Welcome to the Add a Zero podcast. More recently, we've come to use the word strategy a lot in business. Marketing strategy, sales strategy, customer experience strategy, employee retention strategy. These days, we're advised we need a strategy for everything. But what is strategy? Well, the word strategy actually derives from the Greek strategia, or officer of general command, used to determine the rule of battle commanded by the highest ranking officer in the field. So from the very beginning, this word strategy has had military connotations. The military theory behind the word is to utilise in both war and peacetime operations all available forces through large-scale long-range planning and development to ensure security and victory. Whereas a slightly more diluted version in business could be described as long-term goals and objectives of the organisation and the course of action and necessary resources to carry out these goals. It was Churchill himself that professed battles are won by slaughter and strategy. The greater the general, the more he contributes in strategy, the less he demands in slaughter. Which is echoed more recently by Bill Gates when he stated when presented with a challenge, always take the offensive to it, not the defensive from it. I remember very vividly the words etched into the barrack hut where I lived for the first six weeks of my basic military training. Breaketh the boy to maketh the man. I didn't understand for years the importance of this message other than it hurt a lot and appears at times pointlessly cruel. However, around four years later, and proudly wearing the stripe of my first promotions to Lance Corporal, I began to realise the Army knew its plan for me many years before I did. They knew who to invest their time, efforts and funds in because of a proven success strategy that through a series of exercises and drills could determine the overall success of the soldier's career. Outstanding external influence such as injury or fatality and from this knew the lifetime value of their efforts. Who would be promotable and how far they would climb on the promotional ladder against those who would not and the roles best suited to them for the longevity of time within the service. We've begun to see psychometric testing used more and more, more often with the white collar job prospects 
yet we only have to look at our Japanese colleagues to see this type of testing used far more widely through schools and colleges against almost all job opportunities. Whilst we may consider this very expensive and unnecessarily time-consuming, you only have to see the overwhelming statistics that the mass majority of Japanese employees who have gone through this type of pre-qualification testing stay in the same employment for the remainder of their life, with an almost 0% sickness absence record, an incredibly high productivity rate compared to anywhere else in the world. Another clear example of this would be the incredible story told so eloquently by Ben Hunt-Davis, one of the 2000 Olympic gold medal rowers in the England Eights. In 1996, England did not perform at the required level to win the final of the 2K men's Eights. After four years of blood, sweat and tears, the team failed to beat the world favourites, Australia's, and were out of the Olympics. Throughout the next four years, they had trained the same, eaten the same, had the same ethics, similar coach as their competition. Everything was comparable against each and every other team. Yet they failed to find the right ingredients in the most important race of their lives to date. And the only thing that was identified was throughout all of their training, they had worked on the consideration, we must try and beat the Australians. The Australians were the world favourites. And England had entered the race with the mantra, we must try and beat the Australians. Practice for the 2000 Olympics begun almost straight after returning from the 1996 Olympics, but with a new mantra. Will it make the boat go faster? No longer was this comparison with another outside force. It was an internal force. It was an internal question. It was an internal question of deliverance against goals set by themselves, not by the competition. A clear objective that everything over the next four years had only one objective. To make the boat go faster. Every moment for the next four years was spent considering, will my actions right now make the boat go faster? What I eat or don't eat. When I exercise and how often, holidays, birthdays, time for anything other than training was questioned with the simple clear objective, will this, right now, make the boat go faster? If it will, carry on. If it won't, well, I don't want to spoil the results for you. All I can say is, it would be a great opportunity after this podcast to jump on to YouTube and type in the will it make the boat go faster race or England rowing eights 2000 Olympics. What I did mention and it might give the game away when I first introduced Ben Hunt, ben Hunt Davis he was an Olympic gold medalist with a clear objective that is regularly reviewed continuously identified and meticulously adhered to, anything becomes possible. So what do you want in life? What do you wish to achieve today, this week, this month, this year, this life? 
What are your goals? Visualise them. Write them down. Create your dream wall and then set a time frame for completion. A goal is only a dream until it has a target and a deadline. It was Ted Nugent in his best-selling book Ted White and Blue who said all you need to do to achieve anything in life is a dream, an alarm clock and a dedicated work ethic. We haven't got this far in life to get by. No one at any stage of life should ever consciously think, so this is it. There's a whole world out there, a world of adventure and opportunity. A life is too short, too precious, not to be willing to strive for more. More opportunities, more experiences, more of life. I've also heard of people who sit and think long and hard before committing to paper something that they referred to as a bucket list. A list of things that they would like to accomplish before they kick the bucket. Things like see the seven natural wonders of the world, swim with dolphins, meet the Pope, climb Everest, be, re be reunited with their own children. Let me make it abundantly clear. Whilst I support the plannings to do all of these things, why would you ever spend any time working towards ticking anything off a list that says, I hope to one day complete these before I die? For me, that's just insane. Why would you put any effort into ticking any of them off? It suggests that once you complete them, there's nothing left. Surely the right things to do is to have a yearly planner of the things that you're going to achieve in the next 12 to 24 months and I say 12 to 24 months purely on the basis that some of the things that perhaps we want to do aren't available in the next 12 months. I'm an avid U2 fan and I'd love to be able to go and see U2 in concert around the world but U2 don't tour every year so although it's on my bucket list or my to-do list, my living list, it's not possible every 12 months because the gig isn't playing every 12 months. So having a list of things that you want to achieve in the next 12 to 24 months allows us to be able to have some planning time, some financial review time, and some short-term, some mid-term, and some longer-term goals. That way, not only is it done in a positive manner, but from everything you achieve over the next 12 to 24 months, will also open your mind a lot to other opportunities that you may not have considered prior to starting out which you can add to your list for the following 12 to 24 months. It's this positive, goal-orientated and annually achievable mindset that will ensure you're working harder and more effectively year on year towards achieving goal after goal after goal. And ironically, what you'll notice is that as you begin to do this and you start to tick these things off, the goals will become more adventurous, more daring, more more out there and more challenging the more that you recognize that by ticking them off and giving yourself new opportunities and being open to seeing things new and different will start to encourage new things to arrive on the list that you'd never even considered before so let's look at personal goal setting but done in a completely different way planning to live your life from this day forward on your terms Many people feel as if they're adrift in the world. They work hard, 
but they don't seem to get anywhere worthwhile. Or at least all of the efforts that they're putting in now is towards some later reward. I'll work until I'm 50 and then I'll be able to. I'd love to be able to retire before I'm 60. If I do all the hard work now, it'll pay off later. A key reason that they feel this way is that they haven't spent enough time thinking about what they want from life and haven't set themselves some formal goals. After all, why would you set out on a major journey with no real idea of your destination? You probably wouldn't. Goal setting is a powerful process for thinking about your ideal future and for motivating yourself to turn your vision of this future into a very near reality. The process of setting goals helps you choose where you want to go in life. By knowing precisely what you want to achieve, you know where you have to concentrate your efforts, you'll also quickly spot the distractions that can so easily lead you astray. Top level athletes, successful business people and achievers in all fields all set goals. Setting goals gives you a long-term vision and short-term motivation. It focuses your acquisition of knowledge and helps you to organise your time and your resources so that you can make the very most out of every moment of life. By setting sharp, clearly defined goals, you can measure and then take pride in the achievements of those goals along the way, and you'll see forward progress in what might previously have seemed a long and pointless grind. You'll also raise your self-confidence as you recognise your own ability and competence in achieving the goals that you've set. So here's a quick summary of setting personal goals. First, create your big picture of what you want to do with your life or over, say, the next 10 years and identify the large-scale goals that you want to achieve. Then break these down into smaller and smaller targets that you must hit to be able to reach these lifetime or annual or um, 10 year lifetime goals. And finally, once you have your plan, you can start working on it to achieve the first of these milestones. This is why we start the process of setting goals by looking at your lifetime goals. Then we can work and work backwards to do the things that needs to be done over the next five years or three years or 12 months or six months or three or four weeks. What needs to be done today to be able to start moving forward towards achieving them? The first step in setting personal goals is to consider what you want to achieve in your lifetime or at least by a significant and distant age in the future. I set mine about seven years ago of the things that I want to achieve by the time I'm 55. Setting lifetime goals gives you the whole overall perspective that shapes all other aspects of your future decision making. To give a broad and balanced coverage of all important areas in your life, try to set goals in some of the following categories or in other categories of your own which are important to you. One. Career. What level do you want to reach within your career or what do you want to achieve within your own business? Financial. How much do you want to earn? By what stage? How is this related to your career goals and why is that figure important to you?
Education. Is there any knowledge that you want to acquire in particular? What information and skills will you need to have in order to achieve your lifetime goals? Family. Do you want to become or are you already a parent? If so, how are you going to be a good parent? How do you want to be seen by a partner or by members of your extended family in your parenting skills? Artistic. Do you want to achieve any artistic goals? Have you got an artistic flair that you'd like to be able to pursue and determine as to where it takes you? Attitude. Is any part of your mind setting holding you back? Is there any part of the way that you behave that either upsets you or is likely to cause a problem whilst growing towards these lifetime goals? Are there things that you need to change within your own attitude in order to be able to achieve that that you've set out to achieve so far? Physical. Are there any athletic goals that you want to achieve? Or do you want good health deep into old age? What steps are you going to take to be able to achieve and maintain this? Pleasure. How do you want to enjoy yourself? You've got to be able to enjoy life in order to be able to want to continue to contribute towards it. So what are the things that you want from life? Where are you going to get your pleasures from? And how are you going to be able to build those into your lifetime plan? Public service. Do you want to make the world a better place? If so, how? Spend some time brainstorming these things and then select one or more goals in each category that best reflect what you want to do. Then consider trimming again so that you have a small number of really significant goals that you can focus on today. As you do this, make sure that the goals that you have set are ones that you are genuinely wanting to achieve, not ones that your parents or family or employees or employers might want, if you have a partner, you probably want to consider what he or she wants. However, make sure that you always remain true to yourself, as it's you that's going to be driving yourself towards achieving these personal goals. Only once you've achieved that can you move on to step two, setting smaller goals or milestones. Once you've set your lifetime goals, now you can move and work, start to work backwards set a five-year plan, or smaller goals or milestones that you need to complete if you're going to reach your lifetime plan. Then create a one-year plan, a six-month plan, a one-month plan of progressively smaller goals or stepping stones that you should reach to achieve your lifetime goals and milestones. Each of these should be based on your previous dedicated plan. Now you can create a daily to-do list of things that you should go to do every day that contribute in some way towards your milestones and lifetime goals. At an early stage, your smaller goals might be to read books and gather information on the achievements of your higher level goals. This will help you to improve the quality and realism of the goal setting. Finally, review your plans and make sure they fit the way in which you want to live your life. Staying on course. Once you've decided on your first set of goals, keep the process going by reviewing and updating your to-do list on a regular, if not daily, basis. Periodically, I usually do it once a quarter, review the longer-term goals and modify them to reflect your changing priorities and experiences. 
A good way of doing this is to schedule reg regularly repeated reviews, perhaps using computer-based diaries. Now you may come across, have previously come across, the acronym SMART. It's often been referred to that SMART is the way to be able to set objectives. SMART being an acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant and time-bound. However, I don't like the word SMART. I don't subscribe to it at all. I don't believe that SMART is that SMART at all. In fact, I think SMART's quite dumb. You see, if we're talking about personal lifetime goals, if we're talking about trying to stretch the envelope and push ourselves to be able to achieve more, why would we ever set attainable goals? Surely attainable, it uses, the, the, the whole acronym suggests that attainable is the perception of what we're capable of achieving. And I'm a firm subscriber to the belief, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always have, at best, what you have already. Well, my lifetime goals are about being able to achieve so much more than I have already. And therefore, if I'm in my current mindset of what have I achieved to date and is that possible, then I'm likely to be far less motivated to be able to push those limits if I'm working to the SMART acronym of attainable. Because I might not perceive the, the stretch target as attainable. So all of that changed a few years ago now when I was first introduced to Brendan Bouchard and his alternative to goal setting. And he says, you should be rather dumb and set dumb goals instead of smart goals and then work smartly to achieve dumb targets. Dumb is another acronym that stands for dream driven, uplifting, method friendly, and behaviour driven. Let's look at that in a little bit more de detail. Dream driven. Let's not set attainable targets. Let's talk about some of the things that we really, really want to be able to achieve. Some of the push the envelope, once in a lifetime experiences. Let's give real considerations to what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail. Dream driven targets. Let's write them in a positive, motivating manner of uplifting language that drives us towards them, that, that attracts us to be able to do the work necessary in order to achieve the results. Method friendly. Let's not overcomplicate things with too many systems and processes that determine I could fall from the way and fail. Let's also be very conscious of the fact that we can't manage other people's contributions towards our dreams. We can only manage our own contribution and therefore method friendly should always be based on the actions that you take and not automatically on the results that it delivers. Can we, can we reward smart thinking and smart doing as opposed to simply if we hit the target first time round? Life is a, a, a journey of mistakes that we learn from along the way and not simply, well, you got that wrong, so don't try it again. And then behaviour driven recognize and reward the manner in which we attack these things that we drive ourselves towards these things in order to try and achieve this, the results that we're looking for 
So do we reward good thinking and good actions as opposed to just good results? However, one of the things that I want you to do is to set time frames for these. You see, a goal is but a dream without a deadline. So we need to be able to say, I want to achieve X by Y. Start each goal with a positive statement. Write it in a positive manner. Um, not I would like to, I wish I could, but I am going to. Make sure that you set precise goals, putting in dates and times and amounts so that you can measure your achievements and milestones of success towards this. If you do this, you'll know exactly when you've achieved the goal and you can take complete satisfaction of having achieved it. When you have several goals, give each a priority. This will help you to avoid feeling overwhelmed by having too many goals and helps to direct your attention to the most important ones. I've been guilty of this in 2020, certainly during lockdown, where priorities had to change in order for us to be able to continue to trade effectively. I changed our priorities quite significantly. We amended our business plan for the next 18 months. And we said, look, all of the things that we wanted to do perhaps aren't available to us right now because an environment determines that that's not possible or practical. So we parked our original business plan and we came up with an alternative plan of how to get through and succeed in the next 18 months. And we set some new part-time short-term goals of what we wanted to be able to achieve internally in order that we could be far more recognised, ready and capable of being able to deliver once lockdown was over. But one of the things that we had a problem with is as soon as we started to go back to the back to the drawing board and determine as to well well what does a new plan look like, we had a complete brainstorm. There was there was a wall full of ideas. And it, if it hadn't been for the fact that we said look, each one of these is a great idea, but we can't implement all of them all the time. So we need to establish as to which are the ones that are important to us right now and which ones are we going to apply a priority to and which ones are we going to say great idea but perhaps not yet and therefore we'll come back to it at some stage in the future. Once you've identified them and you've put them in priority, now you can determine as to exactly what you're going to be able to start on today. Keep milestones that you're working on towards small and achievable. If a goal is too large, then it can seem that you're not making any real progress towards it and you start to lose motivation. So create tiny little milestones of the things that you're going to achieve this week, next week, the following week, in order to be able to achieve maybe a, a quarterly milestone. Keeping goals small and incremental gives more opportunity for reward and therefore maintains motivation. You should take care to set goals over which you have as much control as possible. It can be quite dispiriting to fail to achieve a personal goal for reasons beyond your control. In business, these reasons could be bad business environments or unexpected effects of government policy. In sport, they could include poor judging, bad weather, injury or just plain, plain bad luck. If you base your goals on personal performance, then you can keep control of the achievements of your goals and draw satisfaction from them. If the goal was a significant one, reward yourself appropriately. All of this helps you build the self-confidence you deserve in order to be able to keep going. So for every milestone, we set a little reward. 
and we determine as to what the reward is and, and whether that's going to maintain us motivated towards the next milestone. So the rewards might be microscopic compared to what we're going to achieve overall, but it's important to be able to recognise the milestones of achievement if we're going to continue working diligently towards longer, more satisfying and far more reaching goals. It's important to remember that failings to meet goals does not matter much, just as long as you learn from the experience so you can amend and change to determine as to what you are capable of. It was Einstein that said, everyone should make many mistakes. Only a fool makes the same one twice. Therefore, spend time at the milestone point, feeding lessons that you've learned back into the process of setting your next goals. Remember too that your goals will change as time goes on. Adjust them regularly to reflect growth in your knowledge and experience. And if goals don't hold any attraction any longer, simply review, let go, move on. I think it's really important for us to be able to understand that we have to have clarity in what we're trying to achieve and then work back on how are we going to achieve it. Too many people get caught up in the now, in the busyness of business, of doing what's expected of them on a day-to-day -day basis without giving real due consideration to how is this contributing towards the success for both me and my business. And if we always get caught up in the here and now, we quickly find ourselves going round and round in circles, losing motivation and becoming frustrated by not making real due process uh, progress. We've got to ensure that we start with the end in mind and work backwards and then set some real clear objectives with regards to what are you going to achieve, how are you going to achieve, when are you going to achieve and then break it down into microscopic steps of day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month milestones towards achieving those clear objectives. I want to give you a brief example of exactly as to how this can work. A friend of mine's daughter has recently announced she wishes to visit Borneo at the end of her college education for six weeks to attend a famous orangutan sanctuary, but soon put it out of her mind when she learnt the cost would be £4,000 per person. Being a student of extremely limited resources, she couldn't possibly contemplate how she was going to raise the money, which was so far out of her current scope. However, I sat down with her and we did a few quick calculations and we determined she only needed to raise £8.89 per day, every day, between now and the end of a college education and she would have sufficient to make the travel. Really? She said, bewildered. Within minutes, she determined that if she didn't buy a packed lunch every day, but took home a homemade sandwich, if she was more cautious with a mobile phone plan, that she could reduce her pay-as-you-go spend, and only went out every nine days instead of once or twice a week, she could easily raise £4,190 before the payment deadline and attend Borneo. All of a sudden, a £4,000 investment had become a homemade sandwich, less pointless text chatter and one more night revising. Her world completely changed because the impossible suddenly became impossible. You don't need to look at anything in despair and give up. After all, the very fact that you're here right now is that you're already on a journey. 
you're already open your mind to the possibility of something else, something more than you have already. And it's this openness to change, to finding the clarity in determining what's right and not always what's popular, that will set you apart from the others, free you from the shackles of normal, and enable you to continue on this journey towards different, exciting, adventurous. Sincerest of hope that you found that of use. There's some more information available on our website around clear objectives if you'd simply like to visit www.mytruenorth.biz and go to the blog and vlog section where you'll find clear objectives and a number of blogs around them. Sincerest of thanks for listening today. If you've got any information or questions that you'd like to ask, simply email podcast at mytruenorth.biz. Otherwise, I look forward to sharing another episode with you on how to help you add a zero to your personal disposable income. God bless, take care, I'll see you soon. That's all for this episode. As always, we really thank you for listening and welcome your comments, thoughts, and suggestions. So please do drop us a line by emailing podcast at mytruenorth.biz. And don't forget, if you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening to this through. And tell your colleagues and business network all about who we are. You've been listening to the Add a Zero podcast presented by Jay Allen. Brought to you in association with My True North, the UK's leading ethical coaching company. 